You're listening to the Madcast Media Network. Madcastmedia.com. No. Okay. <laughs> Welcome to Super Egg and Bros recorded on God, September 20th, 2020. I am Dirk and with me is Stev. Hello. <laughs> How's it going, buddy? It's going okay. Good. Good, good, yeah. good. So, let's go ahead and get things right off the bat here. Let's get and get into the games of the week. Games of the week. In the world of Bing Bing Wahoo Man. Oh man. I have I have bit the bullet and I picked up Super Mario 3D All-Stars for the Nintendo Switch and I I like it. It is much more of a cost than I expected the game to be when they announced it, but still for the 720p on the Switch for Super Mario 64 and 1080p for Sunshine and Galaxy, that's fine. Mm -hmm. That's still better than the resolution I got for the games when they first came out anyway. Yeah, that is true. It's, It's still enough skill. However, it does still feel like buying a ROM for each game and playing that. But at the same, I don't know. I'm gonna play devil's advocate again. Go but, for it. But like at the same time, imagine what uh, imagine the fucking backlash they would have gotten if Nintendo released all three of them separately. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I will also maybe bring in a, a criticism here. I think that what Nintendo could have done if they want to charge sixty bucks for this game is not just re-release it as an upscaled version or what feels like a ROM, but instead give us give some new life into the models, into yes. the design of the games. Because like you're able to see the age pretty well when you're playing them. Like I I, I didn't real I didn't really think about how simplistic the level design was in Mario 64 until playing it just recently. Ooh. Like when I was a kid playing it like to me, like it felt like this gigantic fucking world every time I went into a, a new level. But really, it, it's it's not that not that huge to explore. It's a lot more simplistic. But it, it, like, there's still like there's still a lot of charm to the to the game, though. What I do think is that they they could have maybe spruced it up. They could have done some enhancements and maybe let you switch between back and forth with the settings. That would have been kind of, that. Honestly, yeah, no, I, I, I would have enjoyed something like that, but of course, I'm not the biggest fan when it comes down to Mario games. I don't know why. I guess I just kind of fell out of them when I, when I, you know, found RPGs. No, I, I totally get it. I totally get it, and I, I do think that these games, as, as a bundle, it could have gone for thirty bucks, maybe forty bucks. I think sixty was way too high for it. Yeah, but I also understand. That with this game being at a limited time, it's not going to go down in price. I mean, if anything, the value of the of the hard copy of the game is going to go up mm-hmm. as soon as it's taken down. Yes, it's 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 always going to be one of those collector items, and I think that's what Nintendo's trying to make it out as. Because I mean, think about it like this: 
newer generations of people are they're going to look they're going to look at these games and they're going to say I want a little bit of that nostalgia that you know the the millennials are going to start getting here in a bit. Yeah, yeah. And I I I I I understand that there are people that are going to be, you know, upset at the fact that they're selling it for a $60 price tag. Don't get me wrong, I understand that completely, but at the same time it's like this is supposed to be a limited release. I understand that, which means that they want this to be their collectors their their collectors edition. They want people to talk about this game forever and like 10, 15 years down the line, people are going to be looking for that game exclusively. Nintendo would be stupid to not milk this. They would be stupid, but at the same time, again, I talked about it before. It's it's a win-win for their it's it's a win-win. Yeah. They they're either gonna say, oh, we made a lot of money off of uh, re-releasing three games in one package, or they're gonna say, oh, well, I guess it didn't work out that much, and now we're just gonna wait until our next little thing. Yeah. And meanwhile, I, I'm finding people that are still scattering to try to find the games, and then posting it on on Reddit saying, hey, uh, this this GameStop store has it in stock, and I I thought that it was gonna be sold out, but no, that's not the case. As soon as everyone got their, uh, this is. Honestly, kind of surprising. I'd honestly think that people that were, you know, trying to buy it just for the resale value would be on this game like fucking, like, flies to shit at this point. Well, I'm, I'm not hearing anything from scalpers either. And I think, I think the scalpers are trying to make a quick buck, but they're realizing that Nintendo was just throwing this game out there real fast, real quick. Totally. And everyone is just going to be grabbing it. Um... I think the only people that are really interested in this game would be collectors, and the, when the collectors finally get the game, they're gonna hold on to it. They're not gonna sell it. They're not gonna. They're not gonna do anything like that. They're just gonna keep it there, and they're gonna say, "Hey, I have the hard copy of this very limited item." Yeah, that's that's usually how collectors all collectors go to. It's the same thing when it comes down to any sort of collectible thing. It's just that I think scalpers have a harder time of scalping a game that is out and is super popular right now yeah and we're gonna we're gonna be touching base on scalpers again in this episode but in the meantime though with 3d all-stars i do think the nintendo was looking to go the route of hey maybe this thing could be a good stocking stuffer here it is for the physical format Mm -hmm. for a limited time oh yeah yeah so what did you have for games oh man i had a i had a bit i revisited a lot of my old steam library a about maybe a week ago, yeah. actually, right after I got uh, right before we recorded on Sunday last week, I was whenever whenever I want to play games, I usually wait. I usually wait to play them until the next day. So when I started playing, uh, right after I got back, I'm like, uh, I should probably revisit a bunch of games of mine. And for some reason, I was really craving like historical RPGs. So I'm talking about crusader kings i'm talking about uh my total war franchises that's not uh, warhammer 2 i haven't played that in forever and i don't know why but i'm also talking about games like ultimate general civil war ultimate general civil war is exactly what you think it would be you would you would take command of armies uh, that span from you know the union to the confederacy and you would just fucking go with it uh, the reason why I like the game so much is because it allows you to put yourself in the foot in the shoes of your commander. You are the one that's going to be reliving through 
you you are a general. You are going to be reliving through all of the major battles of the Civil War, as well as a few minor skirmishes in between. And at the same time, it's like it's fun. It 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 allows you to say, what if? What if I turn the tide at at the Battle of Antietam, or at the Battle of Gettysburg, or at the battles of uh, of Bulls of Bulls Run? And it's stuff like that that made you think to yourself, like, I think I could do better. And they get this game gives you the chance of doing that, but it gives you the chance of doing that by making a name for yourself in this game. Like the AI learns your tactics it learns your strategy and it tries it depending on the general that you are fighting it will completely turn it, it it will turn tables like um in the game that i'm playing in one of my older games that i was playing i had to fight against stonewall jackson in one of my battles and i was very reserved going into the first battle of bulls run like the exact moment I would take a position, I would reinforce it hardcore and then start getting ready for another push. So I would push my cannons up a little bit further so that way I could bombard the enemy position before making my move, finally. And Stonewall Jackson, I could see the AI actually try and try and do a flanking maneuver, but every single time that he would do a flanking maneuver, he would realize that I have pickets, I have skirmishers on my flanks harassing any sort of like line that was trying to get to me and these brigades would be caught up by a couple of skirmishers of like a hundred men with a sharpshoot that that were basically my sharpshooters and through the throughout the entire campaign I would notice that Stonewall Jackson would always be hesitant in throwing people into the flanks because he knew that I would always have skirmishers there. Or if I didn't have skirmishers, there would be cavalry that had uh, that had uh, carbines that would just pop off their horses, fire, fire a quick round, pop back onto the horses, and then run away. And so he would get, the commanders would get really concerned, like, okay, is he going for a big flank? What is he doing? Why are the cavalry there? And then they would say to themselves like oh man well i mean if he only has cavalry there the first time that they that he actually saw me deploy cavalry he's like okay if he has the cavalry there that means that he's looking to flank my position so let's pull some guys from reserve put it onto the flanks so that way i didn't have to worry about that and then he would immediately attempt to rush backwards because i'm pushing towards his center line and it's just it's a lot of fun i realized that i started like halfway through my rambling that i was rambling but it's if you want a good strategy sort of game, one where the AI isn't just, you know, throwing waves and waves of men at you for no discernible reason, this is going to be the game that you want because the AI actually learns what you do. That's exciting to me. It is super fun. It's super exciting. You actually hold grudges against certain brigades. And you think to yourself, like, oh, I mean, you're, he's probably talking about... Okay, let me tell you the story about the fucking Texas Brigade. The Texas Brigade is the bane of my existence. So halfway through, I think I got to the Battle of Fredrickson, Fredericksburg, I think that's what it's called. And I saw the Texas Brigade getting pushed up. I'm like, no, the Texas Brigade doesn't live past this battle. So I threw everything I had at them because the Texas Brigade, 
they stood behind a stone wall and obliterated three of my brigades. I'm like, no, this isn't happening again. I'm getting my revenge one way or another. If I can't take the town, I'm going to make sure that he pays dearly. <laughs> and how did he pay? He paid by having his entire brigade taken, a brigade that is that are filled with veterans. Those veterans are now my veterans. I took them prisoner, and I think he's still upset at the fact. Because, <laughs> again, I named my guys after our home state. So you, I, I literally have the second... The second brigade of infantry from Iowa, so the Iowa, uh, the Iowa second, and the Iowa second, God bless their souls. They have, uh, time and time again, made me realize that they're that this game is amazing because they turned them from greenhorn recruits that would run if they ever get out if they ever got outnumbered to literally holding a hill on uh, on Gettysburg. And just throwing back every wave of infantry that got thrown at them. Sure, they would retreat every once in a while, but they'd be right back in the fight. And so I'd, I'd take the hill again. And then he'd send waves on waves of men. And then they just, they held the line. They held the line. Sure, they fell back a couple times, but goddamn, that fish hook is made of fucking tungsten steel. <laughs> All right? You don't break the tungsten. You don't break the second Iowans. And my God, it's just, it's so much fun. God, good, good, good. It, it gives you good stories if you ever start playing the game on the campaign. Yeah. All right, what do you got next? Okay, I know I have bashed on it God knows how many times, but I don't know why. I just went back into Overwatch and I gave it another, I gave it the college try again. Dude, let, let me explain why we, we do this. It's because when the game first came out, it was great. And we had fantastic memories of playing this game, like with Dr. Mitchard and doing it online and, and doing things like Dr. Junkenstein's... Um... Dr. Junkenstein's Revenge. Yes. Now, don't get me wrong. It is a... F mechanically, it is a fine game. Like, you need to rely on supports, you need to rely on your tanks, you need to rely on damage dealers... But the way that they balance the game, the way that they tried to control the meta, is extremely toxic. Okay, let me, let me explain why. So we still have the row queues, where you, you can't just all of a sudden switch out in the middle of a match what role you're playing. I heavily disagree with their design choices when it comes down to that, simply for the fact that it's like, it always throws it, it it always throws into your face like if you had another damage dealer you could break through their tanks or if you had another tank you could definitely have held on to that point or if you had another healer or a supporter that would have been remarkable if only you had another of this one class you could have won that's what the games feel like to me at this point but for some reason i keep coming back to it simply because it's like i have to keep trudging through this I have to somehow give myself a reason to keep playing this. And that's what pisses me off the most. Because I see that there are people getting forced into these roles that they're not comfortable with. And if you're not comfortable with playing that role, you're not going to do well in that role. Like, there are people that just, they know how to play tank, but for some reason they keep getting thrown into the healer position. 
Like, if you want to get into a game right now, you have to pick a role that you're not comfortable with. And I think that's very toxic to what it, – it's, it's very toxic to the balance of the game. Yeah. Uh, like, you don't want to be – a. I don't want to be a jack of all trades either. I I know because being a jack of all trades will start killing your it will literally start killing your fucking up the way that you play. It will start killing the skill that you have on other characters. Yeah. For, for me, if I if I try to pick up the game, I was a big junk rat main simply because are you kidding me? I can I like in, in fucking Team Fortress Two. I could sticky I could sticky jump like a fucking champ, and the reason why I sticky jump is because it, it opens up a whole new avenue of what you can do. You can be the flanker in Team Fortress Two, as as a demo man. Like if all of a sudden your scout just dies and you need to get into the flank in order to pick off a medic, you can do that with uh you can do that with demo man. Just by stick uh, by throwing down a sticky trap, popping up, and then throwing down a bunch of pills. You can do that in that game, and that's why I love playing Junkrat. Just in case, like a flanker, all of a sudden decides that he can't break through a flank. Junkrat, boom, you're there. And I just I miss being able to do that. But I if I want to play the game. I have to wait ten minutes before I can play it. Uh, before I can play damage, and in that time, I could get thrown into a losing match. That's not fun. Like, th- literally ten minutes before I decided to pop over here, I had a game where I popped in and I couldn't do anything because they were losing. Oh yeah, and I hate that. I absolutely fucking hate that with Overwatch. Can I add to this for a little bit though? Yes. So back in March, I decided to re-download Overwatch and just see how the game is going so far. Because like every once in a while, I would check back with Overwatch to see like, hey, is the game improved at all? Are the characters any better? Are are there are there nerfs going on here? Because like when you get into Overwatch, imagine getting into a sport where things change all the fucking time. With, with how things within it work. So, I, I don't really... I, I don't like having a main. But if I were to say that I had a main, it would have to be D.Va. Oh, okay. I was going to say, I, I it's the same. Yeah. With D.Va, it was always like, I, I knew what to do. I, I went out there and I, I hauled ass every fucking time. Now... In the first game that I that I did, when I finally downloaded and got back into it again in March, I was helping the pay, helping to move the payload, and we were getting to the the goal here. The payload was just just almost there. We were just getting people to um, you know hold us back as far as they could. But I had my I had my ultimate ready to go, and so I I used it. I pushed her her. Uh, uh, mech out, and it wiped out everybody that was hold that was holding us back, mm-hmm. and just instantly, the the payload made it to the goal, and people were already saying that thing was game of the week. So that thing was was uh, play of the of the game, and that felt incredible, but I noticed that that feeling wasn't going to stick around very long, and then I, I realized, hey, I, I I like playing as the original characters. I like playing as maybe Brigetta, but I don't give a shit about the new characters. I don't give a shit about the direction the game has been going. I 
simply have a case of the I don't give a shits. Yeah, it just it 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 doesn't feel good to win games, and I don't know why. Like it just felt like I trudged through all of this shit, and I guess that's why I still stick with Paladins no matter what, because in Paladins you can play whatever the hell you want. Like I'll back you, you. Yeah, you 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 just have to like choose the champion that you want to play as, and you have to stay with it the entire time. But at the same time, there's a hell of a lot more interaction with the game. Like damage dealers, regardless of what range they're supposed to be, they are fucking punch worthy. Like uh, every damage dealer is meta. Yeah, yeah, and we got a comment from Weirdo saying too many champions, in my opinion. Uh, he's talking about Overwatch here, having too many characters, and I fully fucking agree. It, it's like I, I keep saying about how Team Fortress 2 had its base set of characters, and it never strayed from those characters. Maybe some things could change in their abilities once in a while, but they kept the core. Right, but I'm I'm going to play devil's advocate when it comes down to that. Please. But the reason why Team Fortress 2 is still fairly is still relevant to this day and age is because each one of those characters the exact moment that you touch their loadouts it changes how they affect the game my favorite class to play as right now for demo man would have to be demo knight it's just turning from a explosive based character to all of a sudden a melee based character changes how you interact with the game wholeheartedly yeah yeah and and it's it's that's that's why I say like oh well the characters never change like yes they do because a heavy with a Tomislav is going to be a lot different than a heavy with a uh, heavy with a brass beast. Uh, context with this the Tomislav when it comes down to heavy when you use the Tomislav you don't have to worry about something uh, worry about a spin up time the Tomislav is think of it like a machine gun at this point without uh, no revving no nothing like that. The spread's a lot. The spread is not as big, and the spread is not as. I mean, it. it, it he's precision based, whereas like a brass beast heavy will take a while's. To, uh, will will literally take a while to actually rev up. He's also a lot slower when he's moving, while it's revving. And it just it, it it changes how each one of these characters interact with one another, and so you will never have, it. it where they don't have as many characters as Overwatch, there's a hell of a lot of different play styles depending on the loadout that you have for the character. Like, uh, right now, the main character that... Well, the main character I used to play before I... I'm still... Oh God, uh, watch... Oh God, I, I'm still a little salty that I got banned because some other guy was hacking. Oh yeah, I remember you you talk about that. Yeah, yeah. but uh, playing a uh, baby uh, babyface blaster, I think that's what it's called. It's been so long since I've actually touched the fucking game. Yeah, but it's like I want to move fast. I want to shoot. I want to shoot fast. I want to move fast, and the babyface blaster allows me to do that. It re- it rewards me for moving fast and taking shots. That's why I like it. That's why I like playing Scout. I like moving fast. I like getting in getting in deep and hard. And I like just blowing my load all over someone. <laughs> <laughs> but with Overwatch, sure, there's a lot of characters. But each one of them is unique in their own way. To where it's like, 
you don't want to actually touch their loadouts. You know? Yeah. Because it's just... They would interact really weird with the game. Now, don't get me wrong, interaction in a in a match will always be more preferable than just, you know, swinging around a Reinhardt hammer. Like, don't get me wrong, I love Reinhardt, but at the same time, it's all he does is just punt is just swing hammer. I I want something more. Like I I I don't know how to describe it, but it's just it's really strange. So after Overwatch, I actually started getting into another Blizzard game known as Heroes of the Storm. I know another MOBA. Don't worry about it, please. <laughs> but it's just I'm still upset at the fact that they stopped caring about the game. They pulled people away from the development team so that way they can focus on their cash cow for Overwatch. Because Heroes of the Storm is remarkable. It, it it takes a it takes a fresh spin when it comes down to MOBAs. It's just it feels good to play to play to play fucking Heroes of the Storm with any character really. So it makes me really sad to say that it's like it feels like the Heroes it, it feels like Blizzard has abandoned this game. Like sure, there's new there's new skins coming out, but we haven't seen a new character in God knows how long. I think uh, Deathwing was prop no, not Deathwing. It was the stupid OC, please do not steal, sort of character. And it's like I don't care about this character. Like, give me some other ones here. Give me some other ones from the games that you already have out right now. Like, World of Warcraft is fucking massive. Like, where's Leandrin? Like, where's where where where's where's Nathanos? Where's all of these other heavy hitting uh, like heavy hitting characters from the Warcraft universe? And we're bringing in some random ass chica that I has literally no backstory other than we put her in because she's new and not a part of any franchise. It just it feels like they've stopped trying. And it hurts because this game is fucking remarkable. So that made me sad. So I <laughs> yeah. got into another game. Yeah, yeah. Smite. This is another game from High Res Studios. Uh, it's the same people that made Paladins. And what Smite is, is that you are taking control of each god from every mythos, right? I'm not talking about like you're fucking. Oh well, I mean, there's there's the Egyptian gods and all that stuff. I'm I'm talking about like they reached for a good amount of this stuff. Like it's not coming from just other religions. I, I these are coming from like actual cultures. Like you have the you have the gods from Hindus. You have the you have the Hindu gods. You have the uh, ah, fuck. What's it called? You have the Celtic gods. You have the Roman gods. You have all of these different gods that you can just play as, and it's super fucking fun to play it. Uh, to play them and at first I thought to myself god this game is like really fucking weird but the further I got into the game the more I became invested in it and I began to notice that it's just it feels good to make a big play as these characters and 
again, it's another fresh take on the MOBA. Sure, it's basically League of Legends, but in third person. But at the same time, it just... It felt good to use these abilities. My main character right now is Mulan. Yes, like Mulan from Disney. Okay, okay. And, and, and the way... The way that they took her in, they they took the warrior aspect of it and they said, all right, well, what are the main weapons that every single Chinese warrior back in the day used? Spears, swords, bows. She uses all three. Her her, uh, first ability would be like like swinging your sword in a circle and then dealing damage. Like that, it's basically AOE damage. Um, Her spear, her second ability, it... You spear someone. You spear on a lion, and it feels good. And her bow, I th- I thought to myself, like, oh, okay, her bow is probably just, I shoot someone through minions. Okay, that's cool. No, her bow is literally her engage. She shoots a bow out with a string. It grabs someone, and it pulls you, and it pulls them in, so that way you can do your full combo. And I'm like, oh, my God, this is actually a very interesting way of doing this. And then I looked at her passive, and it's like, the more damage you do to a character, the better she trains her skills. And so the more you do damage to enemy gods, the more the more skillful she's going to do. And so each one of these abilities have different tiers and different ways that they interact. So the more damage that you do with your sword your sword ability, she will still do she'll still do an attack in an AoE and then she'll attack in a cone. Like okay, that's fucking cool. And then her spear, her second ability is she stabs out she stabs out first real quick, and then she stabs out even further. I'm like, holy shit, that's fucking remarkable. And then, like, her, her, her second ability is, oh, so not only can I grab onto enemy champions, I can also grab onto walls and pull myself forward. Mm-hmm. Like, that's really cool. And then her ultimate ability is just all of that. She goes forward hardcore, hits hits enemy gods, and then she uses her spear to knock up gods, and then she, like, snipes out someone. That's just super cool. Like, okay. All right. You got me, Smite. I'm coming back in. Good. Good. In the way that, it, again, interaction with the game. Each one of these gods interact with the game differently, but they're still engaging. Like, that's fun. I like that. Why can't more games be like this? I mean, like, League of Legends still does that. Like, sure, they have, like, God knows how many fucking heroes in the goddamn game, but fuck me. Each one of these fucking, each one of these heroes is remarkable. Mm-hmm. All right. That's a, that's a pretty good discussion here. Yeah. With that, let's go ahead and get into the gaming news. Gaming news. The Nintendo 3DS is officially discontinued. The, the they were making more. Uh, they were. Well, they were making newer models of it. The 2DS XL was the last model I remember them making. Yeah. But yeah, it's now finally dead. After all this time, I remember all the way back in 2011 when the 3DS was first announced, and I was I was thinking, God, golly gee, this looks phenomenal. And I picked it up, and the 3D was 
It was cool. I loved it. Yeah, you could turn it on. Yeah, you could turn it on and uh, you know take pictures with it. Woo! Woo. But no, really, it, it was it was a fantastic handheld unit. I loved that thing, and the 3DS XL just as much. And and then there were some games that tried taking advantage of the 3D of the you know the 3D aspect of it. Uh, the Super Mario 3D Land a little bit too much to the point where it's like if you had the 3D turned off, it was going to be a huge disadvantage for you. Yeah, it was a little weird. Yeah. But either way though, like uh, you know it was a great great era in the handheld units. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, I I'm not sure if Nintendo is going to be keeping up with just working with uh, a handheld console at the same time, or if they're going to eventually break into having both a handheld and a console. But you know, let's let's see where things go. Mm-hmm. And up next here, I have the uh, new Monster Hunter games were announced for the Switch. Ooh, yeah. So uh, TechRaptor actually announced this as well under their website uh, from the article. Two new Monster Hunter games are coming to the Switch. Monster Hunter Rise uh, boasts semi-open world locations and climbable surfaces, while Monster Hunter Stories 2 Wings of Ruin is a follow-up to the popular critter-collecting spin-off. Hmm. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's nice to be able to see Monster Hunter go- going into the Switch here after, what, the success of Monster Hunter World and how... Oh, man. That thing blew up, didn't it? It blew up. It, 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 I mean, it, it got so bad. I mean, that that was literally the only thing that you would actually hear for the longest time when it came down to video game news. Yeah, it broke. It broke ground. Like it, it made people really enjoy, you know, their RPGs again. I mean, other games did the same thing, but this one, it just, it was more in the face, and it made people want to play RPGs a lot more. Yeah. All right, with that, let's get into the topic of the week. Topic of the week. We've had a great boxing match between Microsoft and Sony. And now after the game of chicken has has finally finished between the two, Sony dropped the price points for their console. $3.99 if you want the version without the disc tray, but if you want that sweet, sweet disc-sucking lips of the PlayStation 5, mm-hmm. then you got to fork over $4.99 for that sucker. And you know what? I do plan to do that. At, at launch, or...? Well, if I can get it at launch, yeah, I think I would. In fact, I'm going to be trading in my PlayStation 4 Pro towards... The PlayStation 5. I, I'm hesitant when it comes down to like buying consoles day one nowadays. Yeah. Especially with my bad experiences with day one releases when it comes down to games on Steam, especially the unholy early access games. Yeah. Look, if you're someone that does not want to buy it day one and you want to wait for a good period of time before you, you, you pick yourself up a unit, I don't blame you you're probably going to save yourself a, a shitload of hassle. And let me explain why. Scalpers mm-hmm. are big pieces of shit. Yeah. So Sony did fuck this one up. After they announced the price of the PlayStation 5, if you were working at GameStop, 
20 minutes later, you get a phone call from your manager saying, hey, you know what? No, we're, we're putting the pre-orders out right now. And within minutes, people stormed the doors and the pre-orders were all gone. Fun. Fun. And the uh, same thing happens online. In a blink of an eye, the pre-orders are available and then gone. Now, gone. some people, yes, did manage to uh, honestly and successfully pre-order their PlayStation 5. Uh, Yong Ye was actually one of the people that was able to do so. Mm-hmm. So was the guy from Some Ordinary Gamers. But alongside them were scalpers. And how did scalpers do this? Bots. Bots who scored the net, waiting for that to drop. And as soon as it dropped, they snagged it. And now you can see PlayStation 5 pre-orders going for $900, $1,000. Fucking Lord. Yeah. This is why we wait. We don't pre-order shit. We wait until we see something that we absolutely say that we need. And then we get it when we can. Because who's going to pay $1,000 for a pre-order of something that hasn't come out yet? There is no fucking way I will pay anywhere anywhere above the price range that was listed. Like, I am happy to wait. Like, if I didn't get my Indominus pre-order, I was going to say to myself, you know what? I'm just going to wait. Like, I don't care if if it comes with a new rule book or anything like that. I'm just going to wait until I can purchase the box. For me, there's enough that's being released as soon as the console comes out to be like, okay, I'm comfortable with this. Because, to be frank here, if I trade in my PlayStation 4 Pro, that's $200 towards the console. So, I only spend 300 and I get my new PlayStation 5, and I take it home with me. And plus, there is the PlayStation Plus collection. So you have a Plus membership, and then get access to all these games. Mm-hmm. So you just download and play right away. You know what? That's great. I love that. And uh, the backwards compatibility, even better. Even better for that for me. So, like for me, I, I have I have justification toward to myself for getting this unit. I feel comfortable with it. If you don't, Stev, I don't blame you. I I can't, I can't say there's anything wrong or like like I, I can't invalidate what you feel here. And here's here's the other thing. When it comes down to consoles, I will always be hesitant because you know I will never shill out fucking like 600 700 for like this one thing when i have you know my computer over here that's able to run the same games for the same price and i don't have to spend another like a thousand dollars on it yeah 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 that's the thing though i I will never say that pc is not better than console pc is always going to be better than console Mm -hmm. and if you can play if you can run that instead by the grace of god do it get the best damn graphics card that you can get future-proof that shit mm-hmm. you know get yourself a good gpu too i mean something with an octa-core processor like i have mm-hmm. that thing has served me so damn well but with my living situation and with the way things are going at the, at the house i don't quite have the means to be able to play my my uh, pc unit as much as i want to and so if i want to do gaming I have to do it in the living room where I don't have the room for my my PC. 
you know, and that's just the way it is. And so that's I, I got to stick with consoles for a lot of what I'm doing nowadays. Mm-hmm. And it's and thankfully, thankfully, I don't feel like what we're getting is is a ripoff here. It actually like I'm looking at these units, and it feels like they're actually trying to move us in with the rest of where technology is currently going. Yes. And it's, don't get me wrong, if you pre-ordered it, it's, 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 it's you. I am not you. These are simply my, my whole opinions when it comes down to this. But the only reason I will ever purchase a console day one is if a game really makes me say, this is it. This is the one that I am going to get. Now, I will be doing, um, don't get me wrong, I'm going to pick up the PS5. I'm going to pick it up with the disk drive. And I'm going to say to myself, all right, I'm going to have fun with this. But that is only if there are games that pop out that really catch my attention. Isn't it a, a good rule to keep it so that if there are at least three games you can think of that you want to play, mm-hmm. then you can go for the system? Yes. Always pick out three things that really pop out to you. If if you can't come up with a number, if you can't come up with a number three, don't get it. Wait. You can wait. If you ever feel tempted to, think of what you can get with that $600 if you didn't spend it on the PS5. Yeah. For me, I tend to enjoy keeping up with things when, when they come out. Uh, I, I'm a sucker for release dates for, for certain things. Yeah, I understand that. Yeah. Uh, I do wish that wasn't the case, though. Like, sometimes that, that has actually bitten me in the ass. I wish I waited to look at reviews for Fallout 4 when that one first came out. I. It's not the perfect game, but it filled a niche for me. Right. And we all we all know what happened when the Xbox 360 first came out. That release was a bit of a disaster. But somehow, the micro, you know, Microsoft still won that generation. Let me, let me tell you what I miss the most about consoles, though. Or at least the, the, what I miss about uh, being in the excitement of a console. Mm-hmm. When the Wii came out, this was back in 2006. I was in my senior year of high school. And my, my teacher, my, my uh, language arts teacher, was like surprised that that's actually the name of the system. And, and that's actually a thing that's coming out. Because South Park did an episode talking about the Wii. Yeah. So he, like he thought that it was uh, just a, a bit for the show. No, like it was a real thing. Yeah. And so I, I went from what the fuck is this system supposed to be to suddenly I felt I felt that bug. I felt that hype for the unit. Oh my god! Yeah, when the Wii first came out, fucking that was ev- if you were the, if you were the kid on the block that owned a Wii, you were the kid that everyone wanted to hang out with. Yeah. So what I did, <laughs> I camped out for it. You camped for it? I camped out for the Wii when it first came out. Oh, wow. So I went from the morning. It was it was the Saturday morning, the day before the, the unit came out. I, I grabbed a tent with me, and I, and I hung out in front of the Best Buy all night. And, and I slept as much as I could in anticipation for the release of the console. I got my, my number, and we went in a line to grab your Wii 
and you were able to pick out a game, whatever accessories you wanted to. So I picked out a, a memory card, and I picked uh, it was an what was it, an SD card? Yeah. And I picked out the Legend of Zelda Twilight Princess, mm. and I was on my way home to be able to finally unpack this thing and and enjoy it, and that felt great. That was the last time I ever felt truly excited for the release of a console. I never felt that hype for the PlayStation 3. Now, granted, when I got the PS3, that was the main system for me. I mean, I I never felt that hype for the PlayStation 4, the Xbox One, uh, none of it. Like, none of it. Yeah. And it's... I, I, I think that's... I think that's what happens when you start, like, I wouldn't say maturing, but when you begin to get a little bit more, you start getting a lot more, mm, fuck, aware of your financial situation, I guess, at that point. Because there's, for, for, for me, when, when the PS4 first came out, I said to myself, like, okay, we're going to hold off on this for a while. And I'm gonna I'm gonna just keep going and I'm gonna figure out whether or not this is something that I actually want. And then I think I don't remember what game came out that really grabbed my attention. I it's it's been so long ago since I've ever thought about the PS4. I think it was actually God, it wouldn't I think it might have been somebody talking about Battlefield One. And I started like really getting into like gaming, like more into gaming than I than I've ever been in a very long time. And I said to myself, I have to get this, not just so that way I can say I had it, just so that way I could understand what all the hype is about. And I got into it, and it's just all right. I I I like it. I've played Bloodborne on it. I've played. Uh, played all these other games on it and it's just after a while that kind of magic kind of god I'm saying kind of a lot but it disappeared for me like thinking back on it I kind of regret getting the PS4 why is that it just every time that I had my PS4 I thought to myself what like do I really want to go downstairs and play on my PS4 or do I want to stay up here and, you know, just play on my PC? Because I think around this time I got into Overwatch when it first came out. I'm like, okay, yeah, I really like Overwatch. I'm going to keep playing Overwatch. Sure, it's on the PS4, but I like my keyboard and mouse. And... I never had the incentive of going downstairs all the time. There were like times where I would live downstairs and I would I would basement game. But then after those but after those little gaming moments where I'm like I beat the game, awesome. I'm going to go back upstairs and never touch this again and it it felt weird. I just I I couldn't I couldn't drum up like the enthusiasm to bring it downstairs. So I thought to myself, what if I brought it upstairs? What if I got it like what if what if I got a dual HDMI cable so that way I could play on my PS4 if I want to and then play on my uh 
play on my PC if I wanted to and switch back and forth. And when I did that, it just, it didn't feel the same. And I think I just stopped looking at PS4 games, like, altogether. Like, sure, there'd be a couple games of shows that I really liked. I was really into uh, Girls in Ponzer. So, all of a sudden, like, seeing that, like, Girls in Ponzer actually had a game out, I'm like, I'm I'm looking at it at PAX South, and I'm saying to myself, hey, I really like the show. Like, I... Let, let's let's see how the game plays out and it just I couldn't drum up the enthusiasm to keep playing and I think that is what kind of killed it for me not 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 girls and puns of the game that game was pretty fun while I still played it but at the same time it was like I could have a better time playing uh playing something like this on my PC so I unplugged it for the last time and it has literally been a a holder for one of my bigger models for 40k and I've never touched it since and I felt a little sad but at the same time it's like I, I have other games that I can play that are more enjoyable that is eventually what happened with me for the Wii I went from hey this this unit feels like it's an advancement into the future to okay this thing is starting to collect dust now, granted, the first the first couple of years of owning the Wii was was pretty fucking great. I had uh, I had Super Mario Galaxy, which felt it, it was beautiful. It was a beautiful game. Um, Twilight Princess felt like a like a refreshing thing to play. Um, Rayman Raving Rabbit was it, it felt unique. Mm-hmm. Like even my parents when when I when I brought home the Wii. My father was talking about how, like, this thing, you know, like, fuck the Xbox. This thing, this thing's cool. Like, he was actually impressed by what Nintendo was bringing onto the table, and he didn't give a shit about gaming in the first place. You know, he was, he, he tried Raving Rabbit for the first time. Oh, God. And he had fun. <laughs> you know, it was, it was something that was able to uh, help people that don't, have our perspective mm-hmm. and bring that to them help them understand like okay where is the interaction how is the interaction fun it made more sense to them finally yeah uh, my my uncle got got the Wii and I'm like oh this looks this looks kind of cool this is kind of fun and then he like brought out the fact that I could play golf on it. And I'm like, this is actually really cool and unique and awesome. I'm kind of wishing that I bought the Wii instead of my, uh, instead of my fucking Xbox. Um, but then Dragon's Dogma came out and I'm like, well, so much for all the love and support that I had for the Wii. That's the thing. Like the, the Nintendo, sorry, the Nintendo Wii seemed like it had the innovation, but what unit had the games for me yeah, that was the Xbox 360 and the PS3. Yeah, fucking World of War came out. I'm like, ah, well, <laughs> uh, sorry, Wii. Sorry, sorry, Mario, but... Uh, Devil May Cry 4 came out. I was like, sorry, Wii. It's been good. Like, Oblivion pops out and, uh, popped out of nowhere. I'm like, this is... What is this? And a, fr- and a friend of mine's like, friend of mine says, yeah, this is uh, Oblivion. It's like a... It's an RPG where you can do whatever you want. What? Yeah. <laughs> Like, well, granted, Oblivion came out a year before uh, the Wii came out. Yeah, but 
at, at this was when I started like actually exploring into all the, all the other options. I think I had like a bunch of games that you would play with your friends. So I'm talking about uh, World at War. I'm talking about uh, fuck, what's it called? Uh, Left for Dead. Yeah. I'm talking about all these other games and like the, like if a buddy of mine ever came over like hey, you want to play Left for Dead I'm like fuck yeah this is fucking cool so that's what we did and yeah. it was super fucking cool and then it just and then all of a sudden like they they, they either moved away or like they, they they moved to a different neighborhood or they had their own stuff that they had to do or they got grounded either or oh that was my phone yeah so so with with the announcements for the PlayStation Five. It feels like everybody had their orgasm up front, and now everybody is craving for this unit. It's it, we're gonna be, we might go into a shortage for quite a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I don't know if it's gonna be as I don't think it's gonna be as bad as what happened for the Wii, where it's like you you couldn't find it on the shelves for like well over a year. Mm-hmm. But it, it's you know we, we're probably gonna get a shortage for a little bit, but. Now that that Sony has started to drum up the excitement, they've got the ball. Microsoft doesn't have the ball as much as Sony does right now. No, they have a ball. It's very wet, soggy, and no one wants it. Yeah, <laughs> but like, like the Xbox One unit. Sorry, the Xbox Series X units are not the S, but the X is about as powerful as the PlayStation Five. It looks like a router. Yeah. No, no, sorry. It doesn't look like a router. It looks like one of those little air conditioning units you'd buy from Best Buy just so that way you can have some sort of air current going on. Yeah. Um, the, the Series S, though, I, I, I'm I, not going to be counting this one here. Right now, Sony has the ball. As far as excitement goes, they need to keep the ball rolling by showing us that they are interested in showing the, the advancement and technology and where it's going. We are getting into... Uh, ray tracing for the, uh, the, the the graphics and how that all works. Ray tracing in Minecraft. <laughs> in Minecraft. Well, Capcom is bragging about ray tracing in their Devil May Cry 5 uh, special edition that's coming out this year. But Minecraft had it first. Yeah, Minecraft had it first. Either way, though, <laughs> like we, we are, we're getting the feeling that the new is coming. It's finally coming. We're getting Unreal Engine 5, and it looks phenomenal. The uh, the demo for Demon's Souls? Fuck. Fuck. <laughs> like, when I saw the, the preview for Spider-Man, I was like, okay, I, I guess I'm getting a PlayStation 5. Then they announced the Demon's Souls remake. Okay. Okay. Where do I give money? But no, like I, I got to keep standards for this. I gotta, I gotta, you know, keep an objective mind when it comes to the the units that are coming out and the games that are coming out too, because um, like like Sony needs to to make sure that they're showing us why the consoles are still relevant, because we might actually be getting to the point where maybe next generation there's no point in getting a console. Yeah. It's it's weird to think about, but the the further along we've gotten, the more the lines between the the consoles and the PC units have have blurred. Yeah, it's it's weird, but I don't know. I, I I'll still stick with my guns. I'm probably not going to pick it up. Do it. 
who knows? You might be better off than I am. <laughs> I mean, I still got Mountain Blade to play through, and they're still coming up with updates for that. So I'm going back and forth and back and forth. So And hey, if it all flops, if it doesn't work out, I still have the Elder Scrolls Oblivion. That is true. <laughs> Just give us a remake of that. Yeah, there. Oh, jeez. <laughs> oh, man. How you doing down there, buddy? You Mr. Wallet. Like, uh, dying, but okay. Dying. So let's go ahead and wrap this up then. Guys, thank you very much for listening to this episode. If you like what you heard and you want to support us, we've got facebook.com slash arrogantmedia. And for $5 per month on patreon.com slash arrogantmedia, join the Discord and listen in as we record each episode each week. Until next time, fall damage. Okay. But I will say this when it comes down to Overwatch and Paladins. Yeah. Both people can come together and say that they are true ass men. (laughs) Okay. Explain this. Well, think about it. We got your Tracer, you got your Widowmaker Uh in Overwatch. Widowmaker does have a good butt. Mm-hmm. And then on the other side, for Paladins, we got ourselves Leon, and then we also got ourselves Kinesa. No, sorry, not Kinesa, Vivian. And then you just combine both of those, and it creates a massive singularity that crumples into one another, and then you just... The singularity is just a full butt. It's just one full butt. It's power. It is power incarnate.
Hey there. Don't forget to subscribe to Madcast Shows on iTunes, Stitcher, or your favorite podcast app. Okay, bye. Madcast Media Network. <laughs>